Hello everyone and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is December 20th, 2021. So as we do each week, let's just take a brief moment of silence to link together as a group, followed by the sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. As many of you know, the purpose of these weekly webinars is twofold to introduce this planetary service of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles and also to provide a meditative platform whereby we can come together as a group and participate in a visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles was founded in 1937 in the endeavor to unite like-minded men and women of goodwill in a simple spiritual service to humanity, a service of great effectiveness. Triangle's work is done by units of three people linking in thought and purpose each day and uniting mentally with all other Triangle's workers in the world. A network of mental power and radiation is thus created, which may be used to communicate the energy of goodwill between the people of the world. Through this communication of spiritual energy, a pervasive climate of light and goodwill is generated, which helps to influence human attitudes of mind and heart. Triangles workers set energies in motion which unite and relate people of all nationalities and all creeds and colors. The subjective atmosphere of human consciousness is lifted and illumined through the daily use of the great invocation by all triangles workers, for the invocation is a perfect vehicle for the release of these energies. This work of triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So if you're new to this work and think you might like to form a triangle, please enter your name in the chat box and hopefully two other members on this webinar will agree to link up with you. So today after the meditation, we welcome back Eduardo Gramalia from Argentina who's a Sanskrit scholar and professor who works in a symphony orchestra in Mendoza and who is a longtime translator of ancient astrological texts. And so we look forward to hearing from you, Eduardo, after the meditation. I also wanted to say that um, if you didn't get to participate, and even if you did in 
our in our seminar yesterday that was offered by the London headquarters of Lucis Trust, you could catch it on the Facebook live link, which Michael will post in the chat box. And also we just wanted to remind all of you that um, the solstice, the winter solstice is coming up on Tuesday. And so we hope that all of you can link up with the Global Silent Minute, which will be holding a vigil that begins at 4 p.m. Uh, New York time. And we'll also place a, a notification about that in the chat box. And our third announcement is that this will be the last Triangles webinar for the year. Um, and we won't be back live until January 10th, taking a little break for the holiday. So we hope to see you all renewed and invigorated as we start the new year. So as we do each week at this time, let's work together in a brief meditative visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Within that sphere, let's visualize a triangle consisting of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. And visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point merging and blending the three points filling the triangle with light now superimposed upon that triangle visualized a five-pointed star this is the star of the world teacher linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center and through the five points of the star. London, 
Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Now project a rainbow bridge of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy as we sound the invocation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Today there is a growing recognition of the earth as the embodiment of a great life within whose aura we live and move and have our being. We stand as awakening brain cells within this life and as such, we're naturally subject to the cycles, the rhythms and the guidance of this master musician who at this time is said to be tuning his instrument to a new note and key, one that resounds more harmoniously with the shifting of the impouring energies. Within this panoply of whirling colors and notes, we enter into Capricorn on Tuesday with the solstice, when in the heavens, the sun appears to take a pause to seemingly stand still for three days. And throughout time, this pause has been revered as a holy time, a time when out of darkness comes light, comes a new birth and hope, and the desire for peace are spread abroad, continuing on into the Christmas season. 
Triangles workers and all those who use the great invocation can help to raise this massed intent that is unleashed at this time into the higher realms and then redirect the evocative response by the angelic realms in concert with the members of the spiritual hierarchy into all open hearts and minds that are seeking and that are awakening. And there are many today. And so we have a real and powerful role to play. The present interlude in which we are working brings together an amazing array of energies that have added potency to this year's solstice period, which makes the opportunity greater than would ordinarily be the case. We're working with a bridging period between the days of the distribution of the Sagittarius full moon, which we're in right now, and its overlap with the days of preparation for the solstice. And coupled with this, just yesterday, Venus began her 40 to 42 day retrograde cycle, which will end on January 29th. This cycle occurs every 17 to 18 months and is the high point. The midpoint of the cycle occurs when Venus moves directly towards her interior conjunction with the sun, which will occur on January 8th at 7.47 p.m. This inferior conjunction is the time when Venus and the sun are in direct alignment and she stands between the sun and the earth. This is the time of Venus' closest position to our earth. We might speculate because Venus is so close to us and stands as the soul to Earth's personality, that this is a time when we are receiving a direct alignment from not only the heart of Venus, but also from the heart of the sun, the spiritual sun, when the divinity within all forms is sparked and a great influx of love pours in upon our world. The entire retrograde period, which again, is 40 days, is a holy time, perhaps reflective symbolically of Christ's 40 days of purification and testing in the desert. Every eight years, this conjunction occurs in the same sign and almost the same degree in the zodiac. So these are like PowerPoints within space that are being generated by this star. This time, the conjunction is occurring in Capricorn, the sign in which Venus rules hierarchically. So this is a very refined energy that's working out within the planet during this period, allowing for this special light, the light supernal, to pour in. So we're going to show now just a brief video which gives you an indication of this dance between the Earth, Venus, and the Sun, which takes place, this is a simulation of an eight-year cycle. This star 
he's created over eight years. So we're participating now over this next period in one of the points of this star. So now we'll move into our meditation. Coming together as a group, focusing Kathy, on- Kathy, sorry, your PowerPoint isn't not sure. started. Yeah, so you probably just wanna take it out of full screen and then hit share screen again. Is it now? Uh, nope. Share screen. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Don't see. Don't see the. Go, go to the PowerPoint and hit escape. So it goes. Yeah, it did. Okay. I did. Okay. Okay. So now we'll visualize the group standing at the center of the Evendarn cross, linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. And we'll project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of will. 
in the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow man. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle.
visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the Triangles Network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, and establishing right human relationships. Project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
distribution, sounding the great invocation silently or aloud. As we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Eduardo. Hello, Eduardo. Hi, Gaffey. Can hey. you hear me? Yes. Welcome. So Thank you're you going so to much. You're going to share your screen. I'm going to share my screen. Great. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm always happy to be here and share thoughts with you. And thank you, Kathy. Today's presentation is about cycles, cycles in eternity. As Kathy said, tomorrow the sun will be seen to stand still on the solstice point, thus marking an important point in the yearly cycle of light distribution. As the ancient philosophers observed, all nature consists of an endless movement of cycles within cycles. The pulse 
natural life sequence of seasons, days, nights, years, life stages. A universe comes into being because a cosmic entity is embodying itself and the universe dies or the human being dies because it has come to the point where most of its energies have already passed into invisible realms. The same fundamental laws prevail in the great as in the small. Death is only a change. Life on earth is only one minute in the life of our souls. Everything changes and the life forces in a universe are incessantly working. At the river of Heraclitus, not for a moment they become motionless. The only enduring thing is pure consciousness, which includes everything else. The doctrine of cycles is a highly important chapter of the esoteric philosophy because repetitive and rhythmic action is fundamental in nature. Every being and thing exists as an expression of rhythmic pulsation. We are not only immersed in cycles greater than ourselves, but actually within our own beings embody cycles because we are cyclical in all our life processes. The law of cycles is an aspect of the harmony of the spheres because it provides rhythm, number, and a system of durations in which silence and rest are as important as sound and activity. Law of periodicity and constant renewal is based on the principle that each period of activity follows a period of rest, followed by another period of activity and so on. And thus evolution works. The relationship between eternity and cyclical periods of activity is beautifully summed up in the three fundamental propositions in Blavatsky's secret doctrine. The first of these propositions postulates an eternal, boundless, and immutable principle which transcends the power of human thought. An intuitive mind would understand that the substratum of this universe must necessarily be an eternal principle since that which is the causeless cause from which everything springs cannot be born or perish. It must be eternal and independent of any conceivable limitation. Why is it difficult to conceive such a nature? We, we find uh, some hints in one of the fragments of the teachings ascribed to Hermes Trismegistus. It says, it is not easy for that which is imperfect apprehend that which is perfect. It is hard for that which is short-lived to have dealings with that which is everlasting. The idea of absoluteness makes the mind silent. In the second preposition, that absolute and infinite nature underlying everything is shown to be the playground of numberless universes, incessantly manifesting and disappearing. 
the opportunities for the development are always associated with appearance and disappearance, birth and death, as basic necessities for all renovation, because they lead towards new and greater possibilities. Where there is renewal and progress, there's something that, that has to end to be reborn again, something incomplete that requires new and more appropriate resources. This necessary renewal turns out to be the very fuel for development, for the forces that keep the whole universe running must never be exhausted and need recharging. The third proposition of the secret doctrine affirms the identity of all those sparks springing from the one source with a great flame. All those sparks <clears throat> must go through cyclical incarnations in accordance with universal karmic law, which constantly balances the forces, not allowing scarcity or overflowing. That's the law of universal balance. Universe, it's a living and conscious being. The emergence and disappearance of the universe is beautifully described by the Eastern wisdom as the breath of that being whose external appearance is the universe. The divine breath regarded as the breathing of the one existence breathes out a thought which becomes the cosmos. When the divine breath is inspired, the universe disappears into the bosom of the great mother, who then sleeps wrapped in her invisible robes. As we perceive cycles through the recurrence of moving beings and things, we may be deluded into thinking that these repetitions are caused by an intangible entity called time. Well, it, it is just movement through eternal duration. Time is only an illusion produced by the succession of our states of consciousness as we travel through eternal duration. And it does not exist where no consciousness exists in which the illusion can be produced. Such an effort for the mind to grasp these ancient and deep truths. However, we must accept that they do change our perspective of the world since everything around us, no matter how solid it appears to be, how strongly it seems to upset our lives is not the essential. The truly real is formless and is one. This idea was symbolized by a white sphere on a dull black background. This is a symbol found on one of those ancient palm leaves manuscripts, the existence of which Blavatsky reveals at the beginning of the secret doctrine. The point that the center stands for the beginning of all cycles, the divine will awakening to manifestation. A symbol we could meditate on for hours, isn't it?
all the varied phenomena of the infinitesimal worlds of physical chemistry, all the movements of nature everywhere, astronomical, meteorological phenomena like storms, periods of droughts, <clears throat> electromagnetic outbursts, such as the aurorae, the, the periodic epidemics of diseases, all these are rhythmic because cyclical. The pulsing of the blood and the heartbeat in the human body manifest cycles as fully as a sunspot period, the return of the sun to the solstice, or the flowing of the streams of life throughout the cosmos. The reason for this periodicity we, found, we find in one of the most extraordinary statements Blavatsky made. The secret doctrine teaches the progressive development of everything, worlds as well as atoms. And this stupendous development has neither conceivable beginning nor imaginable end. Our universe is only one of an infinite number of universes, all of them sons of necessity, because links in the great cosmic chain of universes, each one standing in the relation of an effect as regards its predecessor and being a cause as regards its successor. We are pretty sure that our planet had a beginning and that it will have an end. But this statement implies that there was a previous Earth, another previous globe, internal incarnation of a previous one and so on. We could also extend this idea in the direction of what we consider to be the future until our imagination collapses. At the same time, suggesting that unthinkable developments are in store for mankind. These greater cycles, the Tibetan explains, bear the same relationship to the heavenly man, the cosmos, our universe, as incarnations do to a human being. Each of the appearances of a human being on earth is an effect of a preceding one and will be a cause for a following one. This we call karma. So, what at first sight seems complex has a beautiful underlying simplicity. Every spark of the universal flame, the prodigal sun, must go through a pilgrimage, must find its way into substance, to then return to the Father's house, the formless, boundless space, our true home. As the Agni Yoga has it, even a stone is cut in facets for the manifestation of the inner light. Likewise, the path to the light is divided by clearly discernible lines. But each manifested shifting is created by the principle of the concept of hierarchy. Each cycle has its own guiding hands, its spiritual leadership. We can imagine the biblical ladder of Jacob's a series of ascending cycles, thus revealing that there's a plan. In other words, to state, state boldly, the cosmic life, its rhythmic is incomplete until we add 
that such rhythmic activity is the embodied expression of the movement of, of a cosmic mind. Every cycle, irrespective of scale or magnitude or hierarchical train, is the life movement of the heartbeat and mind beat of some cosmic, subcosmic, or infracosmic being. We can now see that all the cycles that we as human race experience are truly a copy of what takes place at grander scales. Humanity and all the kingdoms in nature go through successive cycles of materialization and spiritualization, upwards and downwards, so to say. Progress can never be a straight line in nature. Each of these periods of time has a certain quality and is guided by certain spiritual hands. In the Eastern traditions, these cycles are called yugas. We call them ages or eras. They are in turn part of greater cycles. For example, according to the Eastern records, our humanity is now in its Kali Yuga, which began 5,000 years ago, and will last into the future for about 400,000 years. Eventually, a Krita or golden age will be ushered in, followed by other eras. The Eastern tradition gives some symbolic numbers for these ages. They're, they fairly correspond to Hesiod's and Ovid's ages, respectively a Greek and Roman writer. The secret of, it, of the eras is deeply buried in number, but the computation of these cycles is said by both Blavatsky and the Tibetan to be a secret. The only numbers given in written records being but blinds. Intertwined with these are the astrological eras like the incoming Aquarian age. The manifestations of the race follow cycles. Each race or nation has its own periods as well, some rising, some falling, all interworking with each other and all subject to the influences of grander cycles. It's a monumental canvas of cycles within cycles. One can now see why the ancient philosophers like Pythagoras insisted on the universe being born from number. If the universe is rhythmic, it is based on numeric proportions. It is true that God geometrizes. The basic fact is that all nature is based on numerical relationships in harmonic interplay. And that is what cycles are about after all. The artist, Rafael Araujo from Venezuela beautifully represents this cosmic geometry in this picture on the golden ratio. So we see that within those greater cosmic cycles, new ages are ushered in for mankind, and therefore renewed opportunities for growth and awakening are offered by the incoming energies. The great musician of the universe moves the keys of the cosmic keyboard, sounds forth another note, and thus brings in another turn of the wheel, the Tibetan says. These new energies bring with them in every kingdom of nature 
all that is attuned to them, states of matter or planes, human beings, specific types of devas and changes in every kingdom in nature, like flowers of certain colors, fruits and vegetables of specific kinds, different animal species. Each new note sounded by the logos signals the extinction of particular forms, some type of animal life and leads some vegetable aspect to an end. When we think about the periodic nature of the universe with eternity in the background, our perception of life changes. If we learn to read between the lines, so to say, each incarnation or experience as a personality will be seen to have a rhythm, a pulsation, and therefore different stages, cycles of learning. The events of our lives are no longer seen as a haphazard and planned combination of events. We find that there's a purpose behind and our personal problems are no longer unique, but part of the human experience. In other words, we are here and now for a reason. We also learn to accept that our own cycles may differ from those of others, thus getting closer to the understanding of what brotherhood and harmlessness is really about. We understand that the inner path of self-discovery must be a cyclical process, in turn, a part of greater cycles. Because there's a time for everything. We have to become aware of those forces which oppose the unfoldment of our inner possibilities. And for that, discrimination is needed, and most particularly today. Finally, focus on the eternal is not mere theory, but a real liberating possibility. That peace that surpasses all understanding of St. Paul can only be attained by minds dwelling on the eternal. We live in an interesting period, dark in some sense, but full of opportunities. As a matter of fact, through our work with triangles, we are making our own contribution to anchor the energies of a new cycle. A beautiful prophecy about a coming era is found in one of the Hindu Puranas, which runs, the Kali age external types will be the only distinction. The rich will be reputed pure and decay will proceed until a portion of that divine being which exists shall descend on earth. The Kalki avatar, the coming one, endowed with superhuman faculties. He will reestablish righteousness and the human race will be changed. Those who are changed will be the seats of the race who shall follow the laws of the Krita or golden age, the age of joy and truth. There's a conflict of forces we cannot deny, but this is a time of choice when some part of humanity will become the seat of future races. In the midst of this world unrest, we can choose to be a part of that group that builds the lighted path towards a brighter age. This involves understanding and working with the new energies. One of the main tasks of the new group of world servers 
which by the way has a cycle or rhythm of its own of three years. It also involves a detached recognition of opposing forces. We must really understand what kind of empowering a word so much used today, by the way, we need in order to live in that peace that passes understanding. Let me please finish with an extract from a beautiful poem by Oliver Wendell Holmes, which I think captures the essence of cycles. Build thee more stately mansions, O my soul, at the swift seasons for all. Leave, thou, leave thy low vaulted past. Let each new temple, nobler than the last, shut thee from heaven with a dome more vast. Till thou at length art free, leaving thine outgrown shell by life's unresting sea. Thank you. That's all I wanted to share with you. Thank you so much, Eduardo. It was really beautiful and evocative. I think we all have to listen to it again <laughs> to grasp more fully. But I think I just, uh, I'm not sure. Um, so now, Perhaps we can open it up to the audience. Um, but I, there were so many things that you touched upon that it reminded me, one of them, of course, the whole theme of living in the eternal is part of that uh, ancient mantra from the Theosophical Society when they speak of the spiritual hierarchy as living mm -hmm in the eternal um, yeah. and perhaps it it's something that although of course we don't live yet in that eternal space the tibetan does ask us to practice um, sensing the presence which i think is a similar kind of practice and he says this will dispel illusion if we live you know, within the life of that great life, it seems can be a step towards living in the eternal. Well, maybe we sometimes think of the eternal as something transcendent. But I think the I think that the esoteric wisdom gives us enough clues that we have to think of it as something immanent. Mm. We, we partake of that eternal, right? So that's inside of us. That's, I think that, that's that portion of the eternal we, we have to contact. And maybe it means that we have to stand apart or, well, we call it detachment, right? From the passing events or the transient things that we say and to which we give so much weight, so to say because we consider them to be so solid. And yeah. if they're considered so solid, they have the power to upset our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the coming in of the fourth ray might help us to not get be so caught up in the 
present traumas because I remember reading something the Tibetan said to the effect that the fourth ray is related to obviously to many crises and many opportunities and Tibetan was saying something to the effect of learn to smile at the the considerable crises that pass in and out of life and thereby learn to accept them as an inevitable thing. And I think the study of cosmology like you have presented here really helps us to take a step back from the drama, the personal dramas, and to emerge ourselves, merge ourselves within the larger framework of what's really going on. And it's funny that at first sight, it seems such a, well, someone said so, such a great quantity of information to digest. But I insist on the fact that there's an underlying simplicity, you know, eternity and cycles, the transient and eternal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in a way, uh, the, 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 the very fact of cycles repeating themselves is eternal in, yeah, in, in yeah. itself, that, that, that very fact. And of course, you, you might have noticed that I left all astrological cycles yes. unmentioned. I did <laughs> notice that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made a promise to myself, but this time, okay, let's leave astrology aside but anyway you you mentioned the cycle of venus and i was remembering that the cycle cycles of venus are no common cycles as you said uh well that that i think that the haliacal phases of venus mark sacred times as you said yeah Uh, and we are told by the esoteric wisdom that venus holds a relationship with the earth yes as as the soul with the, the personality so yes is by it's considered a highly mysterious planet in esoteric astrology. The cycles in astronomy, let me call that astronomy or astrology, uh, but are really a subject in themselves, right? Mm. But yeah. uh, intertwined with with these astrological astronomical cycles, we have those life cycles of everything: an atom a human being, a planet, a solar system, that curiously enough, it's they're always divided into four. You know, you have a, yeah. a very dark age, we, like the one we are now in, right? We may have many comfortable things, but indeed we are in a Kali age. And eventually uh, uh, a golden age will be ushered in. And, in 400,000 years. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's maybe we're at the lowest point. And yeah. uh, there are cycles within cycles. That's the hope. Yes. And I, I've seen the charts um, that indicate oh, you that. Know, what, what, sorry, Kathy, and what sure. I didn't tell you is that the Purana, who makes that beautiful prophecy, after that he goes on to mention all the astrological configura- configurations for the, for the new age. Mm. Yeah, any any hints? <laughs> well, it's next time. Has, next time. Uh, <laughs> it has to do with the sun of the moon, of course, and Jupiter, and mm. in certain asterisms and nakshatras. Well, you oh, know, yeah. 
Jyotish astrology. And uh, they are found all together in, in, in one point in the zodiac. Mm. Well, who knows? Well, maybe you'd like to read some of the sharing in the chat box. And if anyone would like to raise their hand and share audibly, please uh, do so. Can you see the chat box, Eduardo? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Curtis says that the Tibetan indicates that we are currently living in the second of the three solar systems characterized by love. Yes, second ray. And as the next system will be characterized by will, what will follow the next solar system, consider in the concept, con context of initiations. Well, who knows that, Curtis? <laughs> but yes, <laughs> the, the underlying energy of this solar system uh, is, uh, as I understood from the writings of the Tibetan, the second ray, love, the, the quality of love wisdom. And in a way, it also points to the fact that this solar system, and this I think it must not be forgotten, uh, is one center or chakra, so to say, of a whole body of seven solar systems. Yeah. So uh, we, we are a part of a bigger thing, so to say. And who knows? Yeah. But you know, we imagine we're in a globe. We have a, we partake of a race, right? Of a sub race, uh, one of the seven sub races of a race, of one globe of seven globes, of one round of seven rounds, of one chain of seven chains, and all that is one day, only one day of Brahma, Brahma yeah. right? So imagine our chronology collapses in our minds. Yes. So we have to think in other terms. Uh, you know, the universal times. Imagine when will the next solar system come? I mean, it's uh, we still have to go through. Mucho other tiempo. <laughs> <laughs> other rounds, other chains, and then yeah. a great. Pralaya, so to say, the dissolution. Yeah. Uh, so imagine the, the, the concept of time collapses. Yeah. But it's it's healthy to think of that way, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Some detach yeah. It gives them confers a measure of detachment. I'm sure. Of course. <laughs> well, I think we've reached about our time limit here. Okay. So we'll conform to our earth, earthly ways and uh, give you a warm thank you for this wonderful presentation and thank you all for participating and being here and thank wishing, you, Kathy. <laughs> wishing you all a wonderful holiday season and holding your triangles work in your hearts and minds during this period. So let's just end with a brief moment of silence, vis visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of triangles. And we sound the Om.
Thank you.